There is a word from the Lord, and I want to share with you in this final sermon series in knowing when to make that turn. This is an instructional message that I want to just really take my time and unfold and deal with. Uh, and it is uh, really one that speaks to people who are standing at a crossroad in your life or people who are standing at a point of indecision. And I want to talk specifically from this thought today, uh, the spirit of indecisiveness, the spirit of indecisiveness. Imagine, if you will, that you are about to make a turn in your life, and it is a very important turn. I want to talk today about the spirit of indecision, the inability to make decisions. Pray with me. Father, sometimes there are people all over the land who make important decisions, not just for themselves, but for their families, not just for their families, but for their corporations, their small businesses, for other people. There are doctors, there are lawyers, there are judges. Specifically, God, there are voters. And we make decisions. We have to think beyond the decision that we make just for ourselves and think about decisions that we make on the behalf of others. God, I pray right now that you give us wisdom and guidance to know how to make decisions. In Jesus' name, all of those who love the Lord said amen. If you had to have a backdrop of scripture, I'd just read this for you. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? How long will you waver between two opinions? To be indecisive usually means to have a difficult time making up your mind. Indecision can also apply to a collaboration when we can't make a solution together. However, we should only struggle with decisions or indecisiveness when the will of God is not obviously clear or when the issue itself is not marked out with evidence that we can rely on. We are indecisive most of the time because we, we lack a strong, uh, courageous, resolute conviction about a matter. It is either one way or the other. It is either black or white. Indecisiveness is common when we make decisions and we don't want the backlash of unpleasant consequences that others will heap upon us. There are times when we make decisions and it is wise to be quiet about those decisions because everyone does not need to know what you are thinking. But it is never good to be indecisive when things are clear and the evidence is marked out and the will of God has been demonstrated because when we do that, we are in conflict with the scripture. John chapter 12, verse 43 says that they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Sometimes we make our decisions based on what people think and based on what people will say, knowing full well it is not good and it is not in agreement with the will of God. 
we have to make decisions in the land in which we live about godly choices and godly decisions. And I believe that sometimes our failure to make decisions has more to do with trying to please the people around us and make people happy than it does with seeking out and clearly knowing what the Word of God says or what the evidence shows us. I was watching debate, the debates on the other night, and after the debates, there was a session where there were people gathered in a room, and they were in that room because they were labeled among the 5% of people who were yet undecided in the 2020 election. Here we are within a 15-day window at that particular time of watching the debate, nine days now uh, into that particular time frame, we are still talking to people who say they are undecided. How can you be undecided on the eve of Reconstruction? The world is about to shift. It's being made over, if you will. God is giving us a do-over for what I believe was a bad choice several years ago, and yet there are those who claim that they are undecided. Here we are at a crossroads, if you will, a turn in the road, and 5% of Americans, African Americans, Caucasians, and other, in the room saying that they were undecided. Black people, white people, Latinx people, and other sitting in the room, and they were saying they had yet to make up their mind who they were going to cast their vote for. While I have no particular opinion of who you should vote for, one thing is clear for me. I know according to my thoughts and convictions, and I believe the will of God and the evidence in the land, which way I'm going to turn. It's clear to me that when God lays it out before you and he shows you what you ought to do, there are some times in your life that you have to have the courage to make a convicted choice and you have to make decisions, but the spirit of indecision will grip us because we don't want to be unpopular. We don't want to stand out. We don't want to come out from the crowd. And because some people are in groups of affinity where they have a certain association and they share certain, certain privileges, they don't want to stand out from the others. But it is clear there are times like Peter in, in, in Acts chapter 14, verse 2, that we have to stand up and speak up. There are times when Uncle Mordecai says to Esther uh, in chapter 4 of the book of the same title that you need to stand up and speak up. But it is not always for you that you stand up and speak up and make a decision because if you can't make a decision for your own good on your own behalf, you ought to think of the person who is worse off around you and make a decision for them of how you're going to cast your vote. Yeah, that's right. I'm talking about a subject that it appears that sometimes we ought to say there's a separation between church and state, but the reality of it is there's never been a separation between church and state. And the church has to sometimes help people to stand up and make a decision of which way to go. Indecision is to say that God has not made it clear to us of the things that are going on in the land around us. Indecision is to say, I don't know what to do, but yet I see the evidence right here before me. Indecision is to say, I've looked at the landscape and I'm okay with what's going on, 
But I need to tell you, you can't be okay with the things that are happening right now. Because the late great Howard Thurman said, if my neighbor, if my brother and my friend is not well and I have not done all that I need to do in order to alleviate the pain that impacts their life, then I am a criminal and part of the crisis. I need to help somebody in here. Whenever you are well off, but the others around you are not well off and you can't make a decision to improve their quality of life, that is apostasy before God. Well, here it is. Here they are. They're standing at the mountain. And he says to them, Elijah says, I need to talk to you. I need to ask you, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? In other words, there are clear evidence that God has been good to us. I like that whenever God has been good to us, you ought to lean in that direction. You ought to realize that you have enough to thank God for. And here we are, COVID survivors. That's right, because if you're listening to the message right now, you are not a part of the 8 million who have contracted the disease, over 200,000 in the state of Tennessee, over 30,000 in the county of Shelby, over 500 who have died in the city of Memphis. You are a survivor. Do I have any witnesses in here who can look at the evidence and say, that's good enough for me to make a decision to lean in God's direction. When we look at this and we see the indecisiveness of the current occupant of the White House, when we look at this and we see that COVID-19 has impacted every aspect of our life, when we look at this and we see that God has given us the ability to survive amongst all of the things that are going on, when we look at the high rates of unemployment all around us, Roe versus Wade under attack and the repeal of the Affordable Care Act just days around the corner. All of these things are in jeopardy and little or no attention given to the idea that racism is on the rise and the fans of hate and racism are being flamed every day. And then we have people who have the nerve, the audacity and the unmitigated gall to say that they have not made up your mind. You have not decided which way to go. Well, if you are okay with these kinds of conditions, I understand why you're undecided. But can I tell you, you can't be okay with this because God is not okay with it. God is not okay with people dying unnecessarily from a disease that could be put in check. God is not okay with folk having to drive down the street and get in long lines to get food to eat and put on their table. God wants a man to work to provide for his family. God is not okay when racism is on the rise. God is not okay when a child can be born into the world but not taken care of in the world in which he or she is born. God is not okay when pre-existing conditions are going to keep people from getting health care. God is not okay with that. And I've decided that if God is not okay with it, I'm not okay with it either. Here's what he says. So how long are you going to hop between two opinions? I wish I could have a conversation with the 5%. While they were in the room interviewing them, I, I wish I could have eased into the room. And I know that some of them were from areas of affluence. They were from communities outside the beltway, if you will. They were from places where comfort and safety and protection is there. But if you would just take a look for a moment 
at the other 95%. There's a reason that we've made up our mind. Well, I got to keep going. If you have not made up your mind, let me give you some people you ought to make up your mind for. You don't think about yourself, you ought to think about the weakest among us. Ye who are strong must bear the infirmities of the weak. Ye who have health care must think of those who don't have health care. You who are COVID protected need to think of those who have to get up and go to work and possibly get COVID infected. Those of us who have the ability to work at home have to think about those who supply the groceries for us to be able to be at home. We got to think about the weakest among us because God is concerned about the weakest. He has not made us strong so that we can forget about others. But not only do we need to think about the weakest among us as we go to the polls, we need to think about the worst off among us. We need to think about those who have high taxes and low income. We need to think about those who are paying back student loans that they will never be able to get out from the burden because we have people in Washington and in the Department of Education who refuse to understand that there is no remuneration that is equitable to the, 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 the burden that they have on their back. They can't even find a job good enough to help pay back the loan that they have. And the loan is sometimes higher than the house note and the car that they drive. But not only do we need to think about the weakest and the worst off, we need to think about the weary who kept working. Yeah, we need to think about that. As I think about the year 2020, and I plan to cast my vote, but I'm going to cast my vote as I think about the weary that kept working among us. You see, there are people who got tired, but they kept working. There are people who looked back over their shoulder and they had come a long way, but they kept working. They're weary and they're no longer with us, but they kept working. I had the wonderful opportunity to sit at the feet of the Reverend Joseph Lowry and stand beside him on a Mississippi platform as we both spoke on behalf of President Barack Obama. I could not call him a mentor, but I could call him an acquaintance. I had the privilege of sitting at the feet of the Reverend Dr. C.T. Vivian, who passed in July of this year as a person who taught me of what the civil rights movement was really all about. I also had the opportunity to work on the first campaign of Congressman John Lewis, who passed on the same day as C.T. Vivian. Three giants who worked, and they worked until the day was done. If you think of no other reason to get up and go do what you need to do, don't you be absent on the eve of Reconstruction. Don't you dare let this moment in time pass by and you have not made a decision. I wish I could send this message to those who were sitting in that room because to be indecisive when God has already made it clear is to say I disagree with the will of God. But not only do we vote and not only do we speak up, not only do we stand up for the weakest, the worst off, the, the weary, but we must also be decisive for the wounded who are among us. As I think this year of the summer, of 2020 and probably into the winter, we will always remember the families of George Floyd, the families of Breonna Taylor, the family of Ahmaud Arbery, the family of so many more, too numerous to mention. How dare we 
at a pivotal moment in time not stand up and do what God has given us the opportunity to do? How dare we say we are undecided when things like this happen and insensitivity and a lack of empathy comes from 1600 Black Lives Boulevard? How dare we say we cannot make up our minds when these kinds of things are going on in front of us? Well, as I get ready to take my seat, sometimes I believe we need a Joshua moment in our lives to remember what the Lord has done. While many people are living like Lot's wife, they're spending their time being indecisive about leaving the place where they are, thinking that the stock market is so good and their 401ks have improved. I need to tell you, you won't be able to enjoy it in the conditions of the land if we don't make some improvements. So while we're so busy looking back, we need to remember what God has done. It was Lot's wife in Genesis 19 and 26 that loved where she was so much that she could not leave it and make a decision that it was time to go. But there, a pillar of salt stands in memory of her that simply says she did not make it to the intended prosperity that God had in store for her. But I believe that every now and then you need a Joshua moment in your life where you have to stand flat foot, if you will. And Joshua reminded the people in the, in the book of Joshua, he says to them, he said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. In other words, he said, you can look back at your ancestors on the other side, or you can look ahead to what God has in store for you. But he says, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I wish I had a little more time and a few more witnesses, but I dare tell you that you got to make a decision that glorifies God. I believe that we're at a point where the spirit of indecisiveness has gripped us in too many ways. The apathy of the moment has gripped us. And we are not making clear decisions. You see, the spirit of indecision does not glorify God. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He's given you power, love, and a sound mind. He has made his will clear. He's made it known. I believe if we're okay with the things that we see going on, that's a clear choice. You're okay with it. I can't tell you what to do. But I believe if you're not okay with it, that's a clear choice too. And I want to beg of you as I pray for us as we leave, how can it not be clear? How can it not be clear when racism is on the rise, how can it not be clear when information is suppressed from a grand jury in the case of Breonna Taylor? How can it not be clear when charges are dropped against a police officer where we see him brutally murder a man, crucify him on the concrete, if you will? How can it not be clear when COVID-19 runs rampant among people and the disparities of health care rest upon the shoulders of people of color and over 58% of African Americans die, how can it not be clear? When the exposed disparities beneath the surface, the comorbidities have now risen to the surface, how can it not be clear? 
when there's an effort to roll back and repel the Affordable Care Act, how can it not be clear? When there's a rush to put a, ju a, a judge on the Supreme Court so that the judicial system can weigh in on the outcome, how can it not be clear? I don't, I don't know how to be undecided when the future is at stake and the clarity of the moment is before us. I pray not only for those listening, I pray for those who will stumble across this. Be clear. Make a decision. Don't halt between two opinions. Pray unto God for clarity. And every choice and decision you make, not just your vote, but every choice you make, Lord, make it clear. Relieve me of people-pleasing and the spirit of indecision. In Jesus' name. Father, help us to make godly choices. So often we halt between two opinions when the decision is really clear. All we need to do is check your word. All we have to do is look at the evidence. I see how good you've been to us. It's clear to me that as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. It's clear to me that you're a healer, that you make a way, you sustain, you provide. It's clear to me you put food on our table. It's clear. It's also clear to me that you want me to be concerned about more than just myself. I can't live in my own comfort and not be concerned about my fellow man. It is clear to me that the choice that I make must not only consider my well-being, but it must consider the well-being of others as well. I must look out for the weakest among us, the worst off among us, the weary among us, and the wounded among us. You have entrusted us with a voice, if you will, in this generation. One crying in the wilderness. One standing in the upper room as Peter in Acts chapter 14. One who determined the fate of a nation as Esther in Esther chapter 4. You've given us the power by way of the vote, by way of our voice. Now give us the courage, in Jesus' name, all of those who love the Lord, said amen. God bless you and thank you for tuning in. I pray right now that if you don't have a church home or a church family, that you would consider uniting with the First Baptist Church here at 2835 Broad Avenue. Send us an email, give us a call, somebody's waiting to hear from you. I want to be your shepherd. We want to be your co-laborers in Christ. We look forward to hearing from you. Until we meet again, may God be with you. Amen.